Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional manager, author from India, Mr. Vivek Gaurav. Vivek, welcome to the show. Hi, Ashutosh. Thank you very much. Good morning to all of you. Uh, it's really been a pleasure with you, uh, uh, you know, working towards as a build-up of this conversation. And I'm happy to be here with you on the final day. Thank you. Uh, Vivek is the Director of Operations of Sipla Health Limited. He's an author of a book titled Life is a, is a Wordplay, Go Win. And in his own words, he likes to call himself a failed entrepreneur. He's a content creator and he's a very, very tall supply chain leader. So let's start with why you refer to yourself as a failed entrepreneur? Uh, okay, that's an interesting question to start with. So me, so me and my wife started this uh, company around 2014 in Bombay. We were com- in, in uh, Bombay's first premium gourmet salad startup. Um, uh, so my book has an interesting quote, which I penned down a few years ago during my startup date itself, mm-hmm. that says, you know, I have had been fortunate enough to have had many successful failures but very few failed successes mm-hmm. okay so i uh, as a result i very proudly don my failure badge uh, because i think those two two and a half years of my startup stint they uh, you know left me with, with me with a plethora of learnings for life mm-hmm. uh, which i am still using and you know uh, to my advantage i would say exactly. secondly you know uh, calling myself failure openly also i believe keeps me grounded you know, and that's very important for an individual in life, you know, so and keeps him away from distraction. And that's working with me. So I've been openly flaunting this uh, uh, badge of uh, calling myself as a successfully failed entrepreneur, I would say that. Wonderful. And you just mentioned that there were a lot of learnings. Yeah. Why don't you share with me two or three of your top learnings? So Ashutosh, I think, um, you know, uh, that was a game changer for me personally. Uh, those two years of entrepreneurial uh, uh, venture, right? I think the biggest um, uh, underlying learning is that uh, uh, it brought a strong enterprising entrepreneurial approach towards life and work both, okay? Um, if I would like to put it in one phrase, it would be, you know, uh, it instilled me, further instilled with me, uh, you know, the, 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 the value of ownership without boundary. That's very important, right? Uh, we are either uh, very ownership oriented, but we encircle ourselves uh, with boundaries. But I think when you are running a startup and you have had uh, yourself uh, been a very successful entrepreneur, uh, you know, um, uh, you are neither an HR guy nor a supply chain guy nor a finance guy. You are one in. You are a one man army, and you believe in complete boundaryless working. I think that's what has been my biggest learning. Number two, um, the sheer conviction of getting things done. As I always. Uh, Remember somebody telling me that an entrepreneur cannot take no as an answer, mm-hmm. right? So whether it's walking uh, uh, midway and meeting somebody in between, finding a solution somehow, I think I think um, uh, my level of conviction and my level of getting things done uh, in my professional life has has taken a step up as a result of my experience. And the last one would be, you know, so I have been a factory guy, you know, in the beginning of my career. So I always considered myself as a problem solver anyways by getting my hands dirty. Okay, but what entrepreneurship, um, you know, taught me was uh, how to become a, a problem solver, even for the high, high end business kind of problems, right? Uh, so I think um, uh, I gradually developed that knack. 
by working closely with people, by not getting your ego into it, for example, or, 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 or your, your other jazz around it, and uh, just keep focusing on solving problems one at a time. I think these are the three big learnings I have been taken, I have taken away and very selfishly deployed in my life. Wonderful, wonderful. So, Vivek, I'm also, and I'm always very, very partial to authors because I always believe that anyone who's willing to put his thoughts down in a book and put it out in public domain and be open to criticism is a very courageous individual. You've written a book titled Life is a Wordplay, Go Win. Tell me about this book. So, uh, so I always call myself an author by accident. So, hence, I'm not even an author, to be very frank, you know. So, uh, so this book is actually, uh, which came out uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It is a humble attempt from my side, uh, from a next door author, you know, uh, uh, you know, to inspire my readers to be winners at life yeah. by, you know, providing them, trying to provide them a different perspective of looking at life, mm-hmm. right? So what I've tried to do, uh, Ashutosh, is I have a collection of my own and original quotations, one-liners, punchlines. They are all observations on life. They are all satires on life. Mm-hmm. on various aspects of life, like work life, married life, you know, behavior, change management, uh, as metro life, you know, how, uh, how a typical commuter feels in a Bombay, mm-hmm. in a city like Bombay. So this, so I've tried to provide this lens to my readers through which when they look uh, uh, at their life, they find it very interesting and they want to take it very lightly, take it uh, life in its own stride, mm-hmm. wittingly, but at the same time, uh, take away the deep undertone that quote stands for. For example, you will, uh, uh, so I've tried to use wordplay and wit to drive home my point. It's not like a typical uh, a motivational book which has paragraphs, for example. Mm-hmm. It's a simple punchline. Uh, on the onset, you might uh, uh, end up uh, passing through a few pages uh, in two minutes. But if you stop by, think over a quotation, you will find that it's very deeply connected. And uh, the interesting thing is um, every individual whom I spoke to, every reader whom I spoke to, even if it's a single quote, every individual has tried to look at his own life through that quote. Right. And they have interpreted it in its own way. That even I didn't force even I was penning down that, mm-hmm. to be very frank. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, this is all uh, I try to achieve uh, through my book. And, um, uh, you know, it was an experiment, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally like expressing myself. So book, I think, was only a one way to just express myself, nothing else. So I think um, a couple of uh, quotations, I'll give you an example. For example, one of my most loved quotes, um, which I got a lot of feedback on, uh, positive feedback was, I would like to sleep over an issue mm-hmm. instead of losing sleep over an issue. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Right. So it, so I try, I'm trying to say to the people that it's okay sometimes not to solve things immediately. It's okay sometimes to relax, sleep over it. Time will take its own course sometimes, you know. Uh, instant gratification may not be uh, applicable all the time. Another one, which is my favorite, personal favorite is, you know, life is a party. Mm-hmm. The problem starts when you start expecting return gifts. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is an entire time from a point of expectations. Mm-hmm. We always say, I always believe that expectations generally lead to disappointment, right? Uh, uh, but there is still a difference between as- ex- having an expectation and having an aspiration. Okay, so so uh, uh, so this is uh, how I would summarize my book. Ashutosh. Fascinating, and this book is available on Amazon. It's available on Amazon Flipkart. In fact, it's available worldwide, right? Uh, on Amazon.com. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so my next question to you is about your journey as a public speaker on no. life and happiness. Tell me uh, about what you speak about, and uh, maybe give me an example of uh, the audience reaction. Okay, so um, again, uh, you know, when I published my book, uh, you know, uh, I made it a point to connect uh, with most of my readers 
individually and personally uh, you to understand whether it actually made any sense to them or not to be very frank and um, uh, to my pleasant surprise uh, uh, most of the people really appreciated uh, the way i expressed myself about life mm-hmm. and how they were able to uh, you know uh, take advantage of that expression mm-hmm. for themselves okay uh, so what i what i then concluded ashutosh was that uh, i can you know through my own observation about life mm-hmm. i'm not a very you know uh, i've still i've just spent 40 years in on the earth but they are still sufficient to have few observation about life right. okay um, so what i uh, thought to myself that uh, if i'm good at articulating well and if people have correlated to what i've said the natural progression of this initiative would be uh, you know try public speaking and have a dialogue now with people mm. okay and uh, uh, you know the, the i don't speak about motivation i don't speak about mind management or stress management my talk is just about how to approach life it's mm. very simple plain vanilla simple approach because i think that is where each of us are struggling most of us are struggling right even a small instance like you know two friends didn't speak to each other properly for a minute keeps you disturbed for 5 hours right mm-hmm. i'm talking about that small instance in your life and how do we approach life so that we can just keep ticking off these things from your life and start feeling much more at ease and much more in control of your life is uh, is is my entire um, uh, motive in fact to my to my uh, to my um, uh, pleasant uh, uh, chance uh, this pandemic quite a few people they personally approached me and spoke to me okay, okay? so mm-hmm. i realized that you know while public speaking is one uh, area mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know uh, some people found comfortable to pick up a phone and call me and some of them were calling me for the first time ever in life right and say ki i have uh, you know this is a pandemic situation work life balance this that you know uh, how do i so there are many questions around that and i you know every time somebody shares a experience or a problem i suddenly realize ki this aspect of human thought process i never realized that is going to be is is going to be happening in somebody's mind mm. you know so to me also it every time it opens a new set of topics to research on mm. okay okay so, so i think so uh, 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 so the response has been very good um, uh, but due to pandemic i have not been able to pursue it very seriously because uh, you know i don't like uh, sort of uh, 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 taking such sessions online because you know uh, uh, i mean it's very plain when you like you don't you're not in front of people in person while uh, talking about this sensitive issue right you need to be uh, you know alive in front of people you know without any disturbance i think i think that's why now i'm planning to start it again uh, a big bang i started with a couple of mb schools uh, you know and um, got a uh, got a very good interaction sessions with some of the uh, budding leaders of future so i think that's where i am on my journey of public speaking yeah, wonderful wonderful so you know when you look at yourself you're an author a public speaker a content creator a photography enthusiast a food blogger how do you manage to find time for such diverse interests in addition to your day job as you would call it as a supply chain leader see uh, i think if i look back ashutosh around 7 8 years ago um you know i was like many other people um uh, in terms of having huge expectations from my job or career mm-hmm. okay um hence the level of stress or the level of dissatisfaction uh, was pretty high mm-hmm. okay uh, um, you know uh, and i realized and i was speaking to many people i realized that uh, you know sometimes you keep blaming on your job or people around you or whatever you know you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. correct but while i realized that you know this condition of mind is has always been there irrespective of which job or which company i am mm-hmm. 
So which means it's nothing to do with outside. Something to something to do with inside. Mm. Okay, that was my first you know uh, trigger moment. Then what I realized was you know uh, around seven eight years ago again that if I try to create a parallel universe for myself mm. uh, in terms of developing few passions mm. and try to draw satisfaction and happiness from it. Mm. Now what it what it does is. i thought so and it had it has done that for me my because i have a parallel universe now of all these passions which you spoke about mm-hmm. as a result uh, i draw a lot of satisfaction a lot of uh, uh, contentment from that okay um, as a result my degree of expectations from my work has gone down mm-hmm. okay and it's very natural when your degree of expectation go down your degree of happiness goes up mm-hmm. okay so i don't no more look forward to my work and keep put burden on my work to give me all happiness in life because right. it can't be possible any days right. okay right uh, 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 you know so i always say that you know hobbies anyways a serious work mm. hobbies is not a hobby it's a very serious work mm. and now that it i have found importance about it since it's become a passion it's it's become very critical to me so of course i will have to find time now now of course since everybody has same, same amount of time in a day mm-hmm. um uh, you, you have to compromise on few things i don't watch movies i don't watch tv i don't go for a holiday travel for more than two days so mm-hmm. you, know, you know i have adjusted my life accordingly because this is giving me much more uh, you know enrichment than in and any other thing so i think maybe that's why i am able to pull it off and i'm uh, i always speak to people that you know you should develop very very serious hobbies around you you mm-hmm. know It's very important. Otherwise, you are trying to put all your mental eggs in one basket, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which is your job or a career. Wonderful. So, Vivek, I'm now going to move to uh, your uh, specialization, your area of work. Sure. I have a few questions for you on supply sure. chains. Sure. Uh, from factory executive to supply chain chief, supply chain officer, how has the function evolved over the last few decades? Okay. See, I think if I would like to summarize in one sentence, mm-hmm. um, the supply chain function has moved from being a little corner in a commercial, as a part of a commercial function somewhere in the company, mm-hmm. to boardroom. Right. Okay. I think that's uh, that's for me has been the biggest, uh, the most enriching. Uh, where i have been looking at supply chain i have mm. been just i have spent 16 years not more than that uh, so i have no memory of supply chain before that mm. okay i was a fresher always before that so in the last 16 years this is how i have seen okay. okay even as we speak today there still a spectrum of companies where still a supply chain would be sitting in one corner in a commercial uh, function mm. but there are many companies where it's sitting in the boardroom mm. if i put it in a slightly elaborative manner from being called a service function from being treated itself as a service function mm. to being an enabler to being being an usp of a business mm. let's talk about e-commerce right e-commerce supply chain is a usp of the business mm. you are creating value by delivering somebody in one day you are mm. arranging a stock pickup back uh, from a return item in one day mm. who is this supply chain is doing it of mm. course supported by technology right uh, interestingly but unfortunately this entire event of covid-19 mm. it has brought the conversation of supply chain and logistics to the sitting living rooms of the people correct my parents have never heard of supply chain logistics in a way how i understand it mm-hmm. right for example when people started when the world started seeing impact on essentials medicines labor movement mm-hmm. i think supply chain become a, a household uh, uh, you know a parlance or a jargon correct correct so I, uh, uh, this is how i've seen um, uh, uh, supply chain uh, uh, evolve as a function ashutosh and i believe me it was long overdue absolutely and over the last few years there has been a plethora of e-commerce platforms sure. led by the two big guys amazon and uh, flipkart 
How have uh, these e-commerce platforms disrupted supply chains? Sure. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, e-commerce is one of those businesses where supply chain is a USP. Hmm. Okay. It's not a subway function. It's not a support function, hmm. right? Uh, it is a USP. It is a business enable. It's a differentiator. Correct. Okay. As a result, e-commerce has given uh, birth to a whole new breed of supply chain professionals mm-hmm. who think differently, who uh, understand the huge potential of supply chain through technology and through scale. Mm-hmm. You know, such a such an unprecedented scale, a traditional supply chain guy would have not imagined a few years ago, mm-hmm. right? Uh, another thing, I think the very skill set required to run a supply chain mm-hmm. is undergoing massive change because of e-commerce. They have set the bar very high, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, right and um, uh, adaptability, flexibility has go- undergone a very different uh, paradigm shift as a meaning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, another point, which when I, whenever I think of e-commerce, three things come to my mind. Uh, there are three aspects of supply chain which I generally thought uh, uh, to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, cost, speed, and reach. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what e-commerce has done, it has replaced the concept of cost, mm-hmm. which I anyways hate in person. If you ask me, to mm-hmm. value. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if we're able to deliver a package one day uh, in one day but spend one and a half times cost mm. uh, you know it's okay for the e-commerce company because you are creating value mm. so a traditional supply chain guy would say it's one and a half time cost but an e-commerce guy would say it's a value which my supply chain guy is creating for me by delivering it in half a day mm. okay so that's where the value of sub- cost has got replaced by value mm. second is when i say speed e-commerce has replaced it with agility because speed is generally one way. I'm an engineer. Velocity is one way, right? But but agility would mean you know whether to how to how fast you can reroute a package to ensure customer service, how mm. fast you can pick up a reverse logistics from a from a from a customer's uh, this thing, right? Mm. So I think this entire definition of supply chain has undergone change through e-commerce. Reach, reach. The, I mean now now the supply chain uh, reach is just counted with pin codes. Correct. Okay. Right. And, mm. uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's crazy. So uh, uh, this is how I see, you know, e-commerce. A last point would be people like me who are sitting pretty in the back end of some, in, in a back end office, so-called mm. or corporate mm. office. Mm. E-commerce has exposed all of us to the front end or the, to the consumer. I remember I was a part of core team when I was at Kaya Skin Clinics and we set up e-commerce business for Kaya Skin Clinics. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was surprised when I suddenly got a couple of calls on a Sunday from directly customers that my package have not, has not reached. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was for the first time. I didn't know even how to handle a call. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is what supply chain uh, um, uh, e-commerce has done to supply chain. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And uh, as far as technology is concerned, yeah. how has technology changed supply chains? Because, you know, from changing the entire concept from cost to value, as you have just said, technology has played a very significant role. Of course. I'd love to get your perspective on that. See, my biggest, uh, um, my, my, my biggest qualm, uh, first of all, when it comes to technology is that in most of the companies, mm-hmm. it's still at the jargon level. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are talking very good. In many companies, okay. but still there's a long way to go to actually adapting and adopting. Okay. okay. But at the same time, there are those companies who ha- are maybe new kids on the block mm. or they have uh, adapted themselves very well mm. that they are able to boast about the benefits uh, which technology has brought on the table mm. by sheer, uh, uh, you know, quick implementation, you know, and, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, upskilling and uh, reskilling of their supply chains. Correct. Okay, mm-hmm. so so there is still very strong dichotomy uh, existing on technology in the country as well as in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one. That's my first perspective. Okay, okay. 
and we, when we can then we can figure out on what uh, or what point of that spectrum we all are sitting at each company sitting at Fair okay so, yeah uh, uh, i think the second part is of course mm-hmm. uh, you know it has opened up a new way of thinking mm-hmm. okay whether it's blockchain whether it's uh, you know uh, internet of things mm-hmm. whether it's you know uh, simply uh, you know real time demand tracking um, a very simple order automation process mm-hmm. okay uh, it can again that technology also has a, its own spectrum uh, you know i think the uh, uh, the only thing which would according to me help the organizations to adopt this technology better mm-hmm. would be when this entire technology initiative is led by the ceo of the company and not the supply chain mm-hmm. okay because okay. it has to come from it has to come uh, i always say supply chain has to be ahead of business correct because because you know what uh, uh, you for example is a very raw example you can achieve 2x a sale maybe in the last three days of a month but you can not produce 2x product in the last three days of the month correct you cannot move 2x product in the last three days of the month mm. okay is a very raw simple old age um, uh, thought process old school mm. thought process of mine but it mm. holds true okay so as a result uh, you know this sponsorship or the captainship of technology has to come from the uh, the board or the or, or the business leader very okay i think that then only it will percolate to the level where it should very interesting otherwise things get killed at the first conversation sure i agree so we make my last question to you and uh, this is on your being a member of the cii leadership sure. committee on supply chain sure tell me uh, a little more about what you do here and what are some of your objectives okay so so i have always been uh, you know ashutosh i have always been watching uh, uh, very very closely on government's increase participation increase recognition and engagement Uh, uh with the logistics and supply chain sector in the country mm-hmm. okay it started happening just a few years ago mm-hmm. okay uh for example starting from um uh, recognizing logistics as one of the infrastructure sector mm-hmm. to creating a separate department in the ministry of um, uh, commerce right? right uh recently the government uh, uh, you know uh, 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 you know started talking about the multimodal uh, logistics parks uh, in fact a couple of years ago right and on the other hand i was anyway speaking uh, very actively on public forums giving interviews to magazines on uh, mm-hmm. business and supply chain and on how how see supply chain unfolding in the in the mm-hmm. in the in the country so as a result i was approached by uh, uh, the people in cii uh, that you know uh, if i can be uh, a member there on mm-hmm. the leadership committee so mm-hmm. what this leadership committee does ashutosh is that we i first of all saw it as an opportunity first of all to learn how government policy making works in mm-hmm. participation industry i had no clue of that mm-hmm. okay so i thought uh, you know uh, um, uh, you, i have been a corporate uh, citizen Le- let me become a indian citizen also a, a good indian citizen to see if i can do a minor bit towards you know uh, uh, building supply chain uh, in the country mm. now what we are doing is we are working very in a very structured manner in fact this 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 leadership team with the, uh, in partnership with the government we have identified six seven very very strong projects mm-hmm. uh, where we are working with the government of india Mm-hmm. Uh, the government of india is putting together what is called a supply chain india vision 2030 for the country okay mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know uh, under that vision there will be a lot of few few very very pointed achieve, achievables for mm-hmm. example i personally chose myself to be on the skill development um, uh, uh, project that's mm-hmm. my favorite area yeah. uh, you know uh, bring for example bringing gender diversity to supply chain you mm-hmm. know talking about blue collar and white collar jobs separately mm-hmm. right so uh, so i think this has opened up a very interesting uh, area for me to number one contribute and number two interact with the other captains of the country uh, in supply chain i think i think uh, i am finding it very interesting i'm, I'm really enjoying fascinating. it fascinating we wake on that note uh, 
we've run out of time now, but I wanted to thank you. Uh, you know, I'm so fascinated by your incredible journey in your multiple interests, uh, you know, and, and how well you seem to be challenging yourself and achieving everything that you're doing. Thank you again for sharing so much uh, of what you're doing with me. Good luck. Thank you so much, Ajit. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope our audiences find our conversation interesting. I'm sure they will. Thank, Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.